This podcast is for the sales professionals at every level. If you want to convert more prospects into paying customers, then you're in the right place. Because Joe has spent the last three decades mastering buying behaviors, personality types, emotional and logical triggers. This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you want educated. It's time to get educated. I want to welcome everybody to War Games Wednesday. I can talk without my glasses now, but uh, welcome to War Games Wednesday. I'm really excited today because um, I was fortunate enough, probably about two years ago, I want to say, I was introduced to uh, Irvin Raphael. Now you say, okay, well, who is Irvin Raphael? I'm going to say, this is the guy that has picked up Hyundai Motors of America and put them on his shoulders and carried them up the hill into the automotive market. Okay, I may be exaggerating, but I'm not. Just a little. Yeah, so uh, he did really well. He spent a lot of years with Chrysler. He went forward into Hyundai to help them. He's been with Hyundai for going on 10 years 11, now. 11 years. 11 years. So he's, he's there. Now he went from Hyundai, then took over as COO of Genesis Motor America. Genesis itself made a big push into the market. And then they said, we really need you to come back and help us over. And so he's the vice president of and chief cost optimization officer. So he has so many titles that they just keeps getting longer and longer that's there, but understand the competency level of the individual we're dealing with. With, with Irvin, they hand him multiple titles, right? As you were with Genesis, you were COO, Chief Operating Officer. There was no CEO, right? So everything Correct. fell upon him to make sure everything happened. And as we know, that brand is successful today. And now he is over as the VP at Hyundai. So as you all know with me in automotive, right? It's a wonderful thing to be sharing with people in the automotive space. But I, what I want to do today is I want to tell you now, Irvin, you said, when you and I talked last night, we're saying, everybody hold questions or do you want? Yeah. So everybody hold your questions. He's going to talk to us. I explained to him that we are all basically entrepreneurs on this call and we are here to try to make ourselves and our, our sales better. And I want Irvin to share with you the successes that he's had and why he's been able to make it to the the level that he has made, which is very substantial. I'm also going to throw out Larry Schneider, Stephanie Martinez. Hello over on the Facebook world. We got a bunch of people jumping on. Edna's out there too. So I want to say right now, Irvin, I'd like to hand it over to you to share with the group and welcome Irvin. Thank you, Joe. Thank you everybody for tuning in. This is a great opportunity uh, for myself and Joe knew fully well that when he asked, I would say yes because uh, I can't say no to them. Uh, but this is also a great opportunity to be here. The other thing I'll say is uh, what I'm sharing here today are my own uh, ideas from my own experience. I'm not representing Hyundai or any other company. I'm speaking as an individual to a network of individuals. I know you guys are in different businesses. You're entrepreneurs, some in the car business, some maybe real estate, 
uh, some in uh, other businesses. So I, I'm trying to focus on uh, techniques and tools and principles that can be used across the board. Because at the end of the day, selling is selling, whether you're selling a product, an idea, a platform, it's about getting somebody to buy what you're selling, buy the idea, buy the product. And that's what it's about. I'd like to start by saying the very first thing that I like to focus on is selling myself. People are gonna buy you before they buy your product. If you can get people to buy you, to like you, to trust you, then selling the product a lot easier. So the very first thing I'd like to say is, if you're in sales, you need to make friends before you need friends. Make a friend before you need a friend. Every single person you interact with is an opportunity to sell. You should always be selling. Selling is not bad. Selling is good. You're meeting a need. They're human beings who need stuff that you can sell to them. And by selling to them, you're actually helping them out. So you should be excited about, uh, about helping people, about selling to people. And so you should be uh, uh, very, uh, have a lot of confidence in what you do. But in order to be really good over a long period of time, to be excellent, you need to be consistent. So if you're serious about selling, you need to schedule time on a regular basis to do selling. There's informal selling. Like I said, everybody you interact with, you're doing some selling. But you have to schedule time to get out there and to, to, to sow seeds. And, you know, a lot of times that is carve out an hour a day, an hour where you're fresh, not the end of the day when you're tired and you may not get around to it and the kids are kicking and screaming, but an hour minimum, one of 24 hours where you can focus on getting out there and connecting with the best possible customers. And a customer earned is worth so much more than the customer you haven't yet earned. So once you get that customer, do not undervalue the, the time spent staying connected with that customer. You may have six or eight touch points in between interactions, meaningful business interactions with that customer. If, if you call somebody and every time you call them, you're trying to sell them something, they're not gonna answer the phone when you call. That's just the bottom line. And so you need to be able to call. So if you're, if you're selling real estate, uh, which I happen to, uh, I guess you can call it selling because I convinced the most uh, beautiful entrepreneurial woman I know to marry me. Uh, and so I learned from her every day, but she's done things from starting up uh, uh, real estate uh, business centers for uh, Keller Williams. Uh, she's uh, run uh, franchises, pizza franchises of her own. She's uh, spent time with uh, McKenzie, uh, with uh, General Electric. Uh, and, and so she, she's into selling, right? So she, she knows this. And one of the things that she does and I do, and I teach my people to do is, hey, when you're out there, you make these contacts and then you reach out and touch people. Your customers love when you contact them to wish them a happy birthday. Or if, if you make a note of a child who's playing in the Junior uh, World Series and you call them when the game's done, that person will remember that call for a lot longer than they'll remember the product you sold them. 
and you maintain that relationship, so they're really impactful contacts, touch points. Look for opportunities. When you talk to your customers, don't just try to sell your product, listen to them and actively seek out opportunities to find these situations that you might be able to reach out and meet a need that they have. So one of the things I do is I take notes. If I meet somebody interesting, I'll make a little note in my iPhone of maybe their spouse's name or maybe their child's name or maybe their child just got accepted to some big university, something like that that is, I think this is gonna be really powerful. This would be really cool. This would be meaningful to them when I touch bases again, but I may forget it, so I'll make that note. And when I speak with them again, I'll say, how's Jamie? She should be wrapping up her first year at Harvard, shouldn't she? And they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you remembered. That is so cool, he's such a caring person. And you are, I care. I just make a note of it. I, I, I help myself remember those things. And so you do it. So be consistent, be personal. Uh, the second thing is the follow-up. I can't tell you how many deals are lost because people either don't follow up or wait too long. I mean, you can't follow up on a lead fast enough. You want to get out there and generate leads, that's meeting people, getting contacts, but you've got to follow up right away. And by the way, this is even more meaningful with younger clients, right? Whether they're uh, 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 millennials, the Gen Zs, God help you. If you wait, you know, two hours, you lost them. Uh, you've got to get out there right away on the tools that they use for instant messaging uh, and, and communicate with them right away. That's just the way. Think of, you know, if you've got kids, think of your kids. I've got a 27-year-old and a 25-year-old. And I mean, they've got attention spans that are that big, right? So when something happens, you have to respond. Well, if you treat your customers like that, they'll love it. Somebody gives you a call and says, hey, I ran into this great person. I think she's going to be a great client for you. I told them about you. You get that, stop what you're doing and place a call right away. Even if you're unable to, to consummate the deal or to actually do anything about it right now, to say, hey, I just got a call from my good friend, Joe Ingram. He told me he spoke with you about this. I wanted to reach out with you and find out when's a good time for me to get back in, in contact with you. That's the way you do it. So they have peace of mind. They know, wow, this person's on, on the ball. Uh, they're going to call me. If you wait 24 hours, somebody else will call. You lose a deal. And worst case, you may actually forget to do it altogether and completely lose, completely lose the deal. Actively seek out unexpressed needs of your customers. The express needs, no problem, right? Hey, I'd like to buy this. I'd like to buy a house. I want to buy a car. I want to buy a widget. No brainer. Okay, you get that. What are the unexpressed needs? What do they really want? My customer wants to buy a car, but is it because they want to look cool with something new? Is it because they're concerned about reliability? They've got kids. They don't, they maybe travel long distances. They don't want to get stuck out uh, uh, somewhere. What is it that, 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 they, that they really need? Uh, they've got three or four or five kids that they have to take to different places. They want to put in the SUV. Really, they're connecting with their kids and they want to be a good dad or a good mom. Okay. And so once you have those unexpressed needs, then you have to take uh, active uh, effort in coming up with clever ways to meet those, what I call unexpressed needs. Think of going to a, a Ritz-Carlton, okay? 
If you go to Merritt Hotel, no problem. Welcome. Hi, what's your name? Fill out this form, blah, blah, blah. Owned by the same company, by the way. Blah, blah, blah. You go to your room. You go to a Rich Carlton and somebody opens your trunk. And by the time you get to the front desk, they say, hi, Miss Farrell. Good to see you again. It's been nine months, hasn't it? And you're like, what? They remembered me? No, they didn't remember you. The bottom line is they understand the context. That person at the Ritz Carlton who opens up the trunk will look at your name tag. They'll ask you what the name is. You'll notice they're always wearing an earpiece. They radio back to the person at the front desk and they say, there's a lady coming in. She's got red hair. She's wearing a blue blouse. Her name is Michelle Farrell. Uh, can you look her up? And they'll go in their database and they'll look you up and they'll see you were there nine months ago. And they will ask you, would you like uh, an ocean view like you had last time? And you're like, oh my God, I'm never staying anywhere else. And guess what? You're really happy to pay extra bucks for that special feeling. And the bottom line is it's mechanical. They don't really know you, they don't really, but they make you feel good. They make you special. And that's an unexpressed need, by the way. We all want to feel special. And whenever you can make your customers feel special, one, they'll buy from you. Two, they will actually pay a premium for that feeling. And that's something that a lot of people don't get. Customers, I do. And many people pay a premium for that feeling of, of being special. But Michelle complains a lot. That's why they recognized her. <laughs> that might be it. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, the other thing is uh, there's nothing more annoying than the person who... Uh, contacts you too much. They're always pushing. They're always trying to sell or they leave the really long voicemails. If, if you're like me, you know, my tolerance for voicemail is about 10 seconds. Okay, my wife tells me the average is 14 seconds and you lose them. Uh, maybe I'm a little uh, less patient than, than average. So think about what you're going to say, plan it and say, hey, this is Michelle from XYZ. We read into each other yesterday. I just wanted to reach out and touch basis, see what's a good time for us to, to contact. I really enjoyed meeting you. Leave, you know, leave your phone number, you know, but, but keep it that short. So you plan it out. How can they get back with you? But don't drag on because that tells them you, you, you didn't even care enough to refine your thoughts before picking up the phone. That doesn't make them feel special. And you're not really respecting their time. Their time is valuable, uh, just as valuable as yours. In fact, their time is more valuable than, than yours because when you use their time, you use yours, but you also get money, right? So their time's more valuable than yours. And if you take it that way, um, you, you'll do really well. Uh, another point is to believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to believe in you. And customers can see when you don't believe in yourself. You need to practice speaking with confidence. You need to practice using your whole body. It's not just the words, it's the eye contact. It's the facial expressions. It's the hands. It's being engaged in the moment, not looking at your phone, not uh, gazing around. Right now, I'm making eye contact with the shark. I mean, I'm right there, right? I, I, I can see you, right? And thank you, and we're right there. And, and I can do that. And, 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 and guess what? He sees it and, he, and we connect that way. That's really, really important that you stay in the moment, but you communicate with your body language, with your feelings, that you believe in yourself and people will believe in you. Have you ever met somebody and 
you walk away and I have no idea what he just said, but he really knows his stuff. You know, it happens all the time, right? You run into people, I have no idea what he just said. It was a bunch of blah, 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 but he knows his stuff. Yet I'm going to let him cut me open and, you know, mess with my heart. Uh, He he believed it. He believed it. And you knew he believed it. (laughs) And you knew he believed it. And so you believe it and your customers will as well. So when you know your product and you believe in it and you know the service and you believe in it, customers will believe in it because that confidence is contagious. They will catch it and they will believe in it uh, as well. Uh, A couple other points here. I I, I made some notes. This is a little challenging, so I'm going to try to explain it. You have to pick your battles, okay? Some people are going to be easier to sell to than others. Uh, Some people are just not ready to buy. This is a numbers game. It is a numbers game. If If I'm interacting with Natalie and Natalie's ready to buy, okay, you've got the fish when the fish are biting. That's the bottom line. You go and you hit that nail on the head. But then you go to uh, Luigi. Luigi? Yeah. Okay. And you run into Luigi. And Luigi really isn't there. You know, and and he knows that, but he's curious. The best thing you can do is build a relationship with Luigi. It's like farming. Okay. You get out there and, I mean, I don't know if you have any background in farming, but it's really, really hard to plant wheat and harvest in the same day. It just, it's really hard. Right. Right. The wheat doesn't taste so good coming out of the ground. Okay. So in some cases you need to understand when it's time to plant the seed and water and build a relationship because you're going to come back and you are going to harvest. You will harvest one day. In other cases, the field's ripe. And so you, in some cases you want to go out and harvest today. In other cases you have to plant and you have to wait, and you have to develop those relationships. It's what uh, my wife calls hunting and farming. You go hunting, you expect to come back with some food tonight, right? Or, or this morning, really, because you go out at 4 o'clock or 3 o'clock or whatever, right? So you go out, you want to hunt, and you come back with, with some stuff. When you farm, you don't really always plan on bringing back food. Sometimes you do because it's harvest time. But sometimes you go out there and you work for months and months and months. And if you do it well, there will be a huge harvest uh, uh, in the future. And the last point I'd like to make is selling really is a numbers game. Okay. You know that you have to reach, you have to get leads. You have to generate leads. And then you have to follow up on those leads. You have to contact uh, your customers. Uh, You may have to contact them several times on average to get back with them. Keep notes of that. Keep notes. Every lead you have, every contact, every show, every uh, demo if you're in the car business or every house you take the person to if you're in the real estate, the sales, right? You keep the list. And you look at your ratios. And they'll be different in different industries. And you can get uh, um, good ratios from experts in the industry. And then it becomes a numbers game. Because you know that in order to sell one, I'll pick on a car because I happen to have spent a little bit of time in that business, okay? So in order to sell a car, you're going to have to demo, for example, three. 
in order to demo three, you're going to have to have five or six people show up. In order to get five or six people to show up, you're going to have to have nine people make appointments. In order to have nine people make appointments, you're going to have to reach out to 50 people. So now when you're making your calls, it's okay that you call 37 and you don't have anybody showing, anybody making an appointment as yet because you just stick with it. On average, you're gonna get there. You get to 50 of these calls and you're gonna sell three cars. Now, how motivated are you to make the 50 calls? I'm pretty motivated because I can do the math. I can do math pretty quickly. Right? And I can figure out each call is worth 40 bucks. Okay, <laughs> that's how much money I'm gonna make when I sell the three cars. I can make calls all day. All of a sudden, it's not so hard to pick up the phone at 10 o'clock in the morning, or at six o'clock at night, or whatever the prime time is for certain customers, and be, be cognitive of your customer's time, right? If you know your customers, you know they're having dinner with their kids, and the, they'll call in the evening. That makes no sense. But you know you've got customers who are at nine o'clock in the morning is the best time. Some of them, six o'clock is better. You make those calls, and you get the numbers. And even if you get to 50, and guess what? You don't get a sale. It's okay, because in the next 50, you're going to get six because the average is always going to be the average. That's why it's called the average, right? You're gonna get there one way or another. And, and, and really that's it. I could go on and on and on, but uh, you know, get your sales, keep it simple, talk to the people at the level uh, that they're at and, uh, and, and expect good results. Now, I wouldn't be myself if I didn't <clears throat> digress a little bit into the whole concept of selling to uh, uh, multi-generational selling and a multicultural selling. If you think that a person's a person's a person, I'm going to do the same thing no matter who walks in the door and where they are, that's good. You're just not going to sell as much as you will if you treat people as individuals. The people who understand and can appreciate individuality and can treat people as individuals will sell more because none of us wants to be treated as a number. We all want to be treated as an, as an individual. So when you deal with people who are in their 60s, 70s, they like relationships. They like understanding your pedigree, how long you've been working in the industry. Does this person really know their stuff? Uh, they like actually having material in their hand to walk away with. Good luck giving that to a 24-year-old. I mean, it's just not going to happen, they'll, right? They'll pull out their phone and take a picture of it they'll, and let you take and it away. And go away, and it's in the cloud, right? Uh, right. So, so you have to keep that in mind. Now, you also need to be uh, aware that uh, people also don't like being treated differently than the other person just because they're older or they're younger or they're black or they're Hispanic or they're a woman or they're gay or what have you, right? So you want to be consistent. You can ask them, hey, would you, would, would you like to have this brochure to take home or, you know, you, you can scan, right, and, and get it, or we can send it to you. You can go to the website and you just ask the same question. And you'll notice that the younger ones will tend to do everything electronically and the older ones will tend to want pieces of paper in their hand, but you're always going to get one. My mom's 80 years old and the kids call her Apple grandma. She has everything Apple. She is so high tech. You know, That's she's awesome. an anomaly. She would be the one who would say, I don't want that piece of paper. I'm going to lose that here. Click. It's gone. Even she knows how to, how to retrieve it. So don't make any, don't make assumptions, but give options, right? People love options. 
right? And, 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 and greet people accordingly. And, you know, you interact with individuals. Don't, you know, don't ask the women stupid questions. Don't ask them for their husband. Don't ask them, you know, who's this? They're professionals, right? These are half of the population and, and they're intelligent more than we are. And I can say that because I know I live it every day. Okay, give them the facts and, and treat them with respect. That's all people want, right? Don't, don't give the black guy, you know, the brother handshake. Okay, that's just, that's, that's just. So, I'm so just, don't walk I'm, up and go, what it do, what it do? No, exactly, you don't know, do that? Okay. I'm, I'm just, I'm wow, just note saying, to self. you know, don't, don't yes. make assumptions about, <laughs> about Hispanic people. You know, I happen to be from uh, 50 miles from San Juan, Puerto Rico. Now, people wouldn't necessarily know that. Uh, but the bottom line is, um, we are um, just, we're, we're different, we're ourselves. But just treat people with respect. Look them in the eye. Sell them the product. You know, you have to imagine if they if they came to you, they either can buy it now or they can buy it in the future. Most of them can. Ninety five percent of them can. Don't worry about the other five percent. You just keep doing it. That five percent is the least of, of your concern. So that's all I have prepared. I'm really interested in hearing your questions. I told Joe, rather than you know speaking uh, on and on. I would like to speak and then give you an opportunity to ask questions and I will answer your questions for anybody but the shark. I was going to say, yeah, if you, if you notice my name, it gives me the ability to trump the shark. It's shark eater. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah. Joe, you can, you can, you can, I'll yeah. take it. And, and you can't embarrass me or, or make me uncomfortable. Trust me. Many people have tried. I'll answer <laughs> tr truthfully. Yeah, that is true. Go ahead, Johnny Richardson, throw out your question. Then I'm going to address Karen Toddy's that she put in the chat for us. All right, perfect. Thank you there, Shark Eater. That's me. <laughs> That's right. So, um, so Erwin, great, great information. I'm like, I'm really glad uh, I jumped on because I jumped in. And I got some good stuff. So I really appreciate you taking the time today, first of all. And then um, I'm curious when you talked about just you know, you're 100% right. Salespeople, car guys, real estate people, it's speaking from a spot of confidence. I always talk about fake it till you can make it. So like we tried waterboarding at one point to gain the confidence, but we got in trouble with the real estate division. So we couldn't do that anymore. So yeah. I'm curious what you use on your strategy to build confidence with other salespeople, agents, anybody you work with. Is there, is there any in particular strategy to kind of like get out there and build that confidence at a quick manner? Well, there are, there are a couple of things. That's a, by the way, that's an excellent uh, question, uh, and I'll address I'll address uh, two parts of it. One is uh, um, real the act, building the actual confidence, and the second is building the perception of confidence. And, and they're two different things. Okay, so building the actual confidence, you need to spend time learning your product, learning your understanding it, talking to people who know it, so you really understand it, use it live it, right? You know it yourself. What, when you don't know, ask the experts. There's always somebody who knows. Really get it. That's usually what I've found is not the problem. Usually the problem is people actually know their stuff and they actually have confidence, but they struggle communicating that. They struggle showing the confidence. And you have to get comfortable with this. You're going to have to speak to yourself. You're going to have to role play. You're going to have to get in front of mirrors. I do it all the time. I've been doing this forever. And I still get uncomfortable when I get in front of a room of people. And I have spoken to 
crowds of 20,000 people. But I'm I right there at like 600. <laughs> I but, it, but if you double the eyeballs, it's, it's like 1,200 eyeballs, no pirates. So I'm like, we're like right there. You know what I mean? But the bottom line is, you know, you're going to have to get in a mirror, practice. There are going to be certain words that you want to use that maybe don't naturally roll off your tongue. Practice having those words roll off your tongue and get it going. Practice with your friends. Practice with your family. Practice makes perfect. Even when you're not 100% confident, you have to do exactly what you just said. You have to fake it till you can make it. So then you get in character. And what, what, you know, what I've had to do sometimes is just imagine being an actor and you have to be that person who is the brain surgeon. Okay. And you're going to go, now you don't know the first thing about brain surgery. You've learned a few pieces, but you have to be a character who's a brain surgeon. And you're going to explain one, two, three, four, five, and you're just in character and get out there and perform. You have to do that. If you do it enough, you will learn it and it'll catch up with you. So get in character. Ironically, the shark does no brain surgery. So it was, it was funny that you brought that up, but uh, Karen Toddy threw out there. Um, what tools do you, you, do you use to keep information regarding your clients as far as the touch points, birthdays, things like that? Because in her own words, I am beyond hideous at follow-up. Mm. So good. And I good. laughed and I said, I didn't even send out the text message to everybody today for war games. So I understand the hideous at follow-up kind of deal. And I'm the BDC guy. Come on. So, so, so one very, very good question. And I appreciate the, the transparency and, and that you understand that you're hideous at follow-up. And that's, that's the first step to getting good at it. And I want you to be great at that follow-up. Uh, whatever tool you use in your, your, your CRM, and, you know, for example, it sounds like this person, was, uh, cer certainly uh, uh, Joe understands the BDC, but whatever business you are, there's always a CRM tool where you have to be diligent about putting these notes in. Uh, you can take pieces of paper. You can use your phone. I, I'll show you uh, very, from a very practical perspective. If I typically on my iPhone and I put your info in, there's a spot down here that says notes. And I just write stuff in there. And sometimes it might appear to be rude when I meet somebody and I'm, and, you know, look, nope, but I'll write it in. I'll walk away and I'll type, I'll ask my wife, what was his wife's name again? What was the kid's name? Yeah, snap, take a picture. And you keep it there. Uh, and before you make the call, you have to pull it out and look at it again. So it comes out naturally. I can't tell you how many times I've received a call in my car from somebody I hadn't, this happened uh, last spring, an old boss of mine called, I hadn't spoken to him in 12 years. And as we were getting uh, reconnected, he said, I don't know if you remember my, um, my, my girls. I said, of course I do. I rattled off their names, told them what school they went to. He said, oh my God, that's amazing. I never fessed up that I had my cheat sheet. Okay, it comes out as being very natural. And that's very, very powerful. I guarantee you that that man's probably told stories of Urban's amazing memory so many times. He happens to be somebody I really, really admire. You know, if there's ever been a man crush, that's mine, right? And 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 you can say amazing. it's me. Go he's ahead. amazing at his work. It. But yes. I do it all the time. So use the tool that's more convenient to you. You know, use something you're not going to lose. I happen to use my phone for follow up. I have lists. I've got all kinds. Of, my whole life is on here. It's on the cloud. 
connects with my other phone. So no matter where I am, I can pull it up and follow up. Use those for yourselves. But if you're running a business, you really want to have your employees put it into the central database. Think uh, Rich Carlton. Okay. And again, I'll give you another example. Do you know that if you go to the Rich Carlton and you move the clock from the left side of your bed to the right side of your bed, when the maid comes in, the maid writes that down and it goes in your file. The next time you go to Rich Carlton, your clock will be on the right side of your bed. Whoa. And people have no, they're like, I just love the Rich Carlton. I don't, I don't know why, but yeah, the clock will be on the right side of the bed. If you order tea instead of coffee when you go to dinner, they'll ask you, do you always take tea? Yes, yeah, so would you like sugar with it? And then they leave and they have a little pocket card. They write that down. Next time you come up, they'll say, would you like mint tea like you had last time with, with one honey? And you're like, you have got to be kidding me. They remembered that. It's so, it's so powerful to make these little personal notes about individuals. It feels a little creepy when I say it, uh, but you're not being creepy doing it, right? You're using it for all the right reasons. Oh, thank you. And, I, and just to add on to the phone thing, I actually do that sometimes where if I meet someone, I'll write in the notes because Android has it too. But just a caveat for anyone else thinking of doing that, I do have some contacts that are people that I refer out. Like if someone says, hey, do you know what, what, whatever? I forgot that sometimes I'll write notes in the note thing that I don't really want mm. other people to know. And I'll like share that contact. And I had someone call go, and said, oh, hey, that insurance person that you sent me, she must be really great because she, you know, she has her home phone number and everything on there. I was like, yes, oh, yes. okay, <laughs> thank you. So now I have two, for those uh, That's real life with Karen Dottie right there. Transparency. I have two contacts where I have their name and then it has in parentheses, no share. So I know don't share that one, share the other one, but just to let people know to be careful. You know what I will, what I will tell you there is the way I handle that is if I share a contact, I can remove that personal information, share it, just don't resave it. Yeah. And it, it goes out without the personal information and then you don't have to have two of them. That's, that's, that's I created that on my own. There might yeah. be a better way to do it, but I just remove the personal things from there and send it, no problem. Don't yeah. save it though, because then you lose it. Right, I'm, I'm gonna throw out there too. One of the, the things that I like to do in my phone, right, is that there are people we have in our phone that we have never met, right? <laughs> There's people that we have from LinkedIn integration that pulls across and says, this person's here and go through. So for me, if I've met you in person, then I try to take a picture with you. So when I take a picture with yes, you- Yes, he does. That, yes, I do. Look, <laughs> look, look, I ain't lying. There he is right there, okay? But the when he calls, right? Which he doesn't call nearly enough. I'm not in the follow-up schedule, but when you look at it, right? When, it, if Irvin's going to call me, then that pops up and that tells me we have met face to face and that that is somebody I really know, as opposed to just somebody in my phone that comes up, right? So that way, when it comes up, it's not just going to be, because if I'll go grab other people's pictures from LinkedIn or whatever it is to put it on there so I can try to jog the memory. But if it's just you by yourself that comes up, then that means we haven't met face-to-face -face yet. And that's going to trigger a different, a different protocol for me to, to treat somebody as they go through, because I know who you are and we've been in the same room together. 
So Mike Phillips out on Facebook. What's up, Mikey? Joe, he I just want to add is... one thing. I just want to yeah. add one thing to that. And there's there's no one way to do this. Right. Find what works for you. And if you haven't heard anything that seems reasonable or would work for you, keep asking people. You will find one. There There is a way to do it. Find what works for you. Because if you don't do what works for you, you're not going to use it. Okay. Do what works for you and then use it. Go ahead, Joe. Absolutely. So Mike just had asked, what is, what is Urban CRM, right? And you're using your contacts, yeah. right? And in, yeah. in your own phone system. But, you know, Mike has an Android, so we have to talk slower right now so that he can understand what we're saying, Michelle. Yes. So fire. <laughs> so I, 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 do, I, I do use my phone. Um, I'll write maybe who introduced us, just whatever. Because when that phone rings again, in my role, unfortunately, I'm all over LinkedIn. If you Google me, you'll find last night I was terrified. I mean, there's just so much stuff out there. I'll get calls from people I have no idea who they are. So if I get a call from uh, from, from Neda, I'm going to look at this and I'm going to see Neda and then it's going to say, you know, Joe Ingram. Right. And, I, and I, oh, yes, let me get that. And I can pick up the phone because I know that I that, that, that I that I know you. So just any little nuggets you can find, especially if you can remember something significant about the conversation. Um, you know, I actually learned this from my older, my late older brother, whom we lost to a motorcycle accident. He, he was a physician uh, and he would talk about his patients and he kept meticulous notes. He loved the fact that I was always the techie one with all the gadgets uh, and he would keep notes of. You know, one of his, he was a gynecologist, obstetrician, and uh, he would keep, uh, you know, his patient child broken arm uh, and had to miss school. And he would write that down. And the next time she visited him, he told me, he said, I would ask, how's Johnny, his arm? He broke it like, you know, six months ago. Is it healed pretty well? Is he what and he said his patients just loved it. And they would refer all kinds of people. You've got to go see Dr. Raphael. He's so nice and caring, which he really was. But they internalized the fact that he asked very personal questions or remembered these personal things. And in essence, that's selling, right? In essence, he was selling his business and services because he got more, more business as a result of it. So uh, out on Facebook, Edna says that some people don't want to hear about finances. So she's in financial services. Right. And they, they are going to tell her, right, that they know everything and that, you know, some of them will come around later and say, well, I just didn't want to be embarrassed because I don't know what's there. Or we were just too lazy and didn't want to spend time together. My question is, she, she came back with, well, how do you avoid these kinds of rejections? And so I'm giving it to you before I throw my two cents in. No, that, 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 again, is a, a brilliant question. In financial services, you'll find very few people know as much as they should. But a whole lot of people will tell you they do. Some of them actually think they do. <laughs> but even, even, even those who know that they are really clueless will pretend because they're, they're embarrassed and they've, they've heard of their friends, you know, doing these things and they won't. And, 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 and it's, I think one of the first things we do with uh, that type of situation, there are many areas like that, is really talk about your own vulnerability. If you approach that person and say, you know what, 
I've been investing in this, or I've been doing this, or saving, or I found this new type of life insurance, and, and you know, financial services is really a broad uh, a sector. And you say, hey, I wasn't aware of this, and I'm I'm in the business for such a long time, and I didn't know, and I learned this, and this is so huge, and I, you know, and, and so I'm doing all of these good, cool things. You will find that often they will engage in that conversation, and they'll ask questions, and then you can answer the questions and lead, and then follow up uh, with an appointment. But you're absolutely correct. If if you if you start selling the service or you ask them about a financial needs assessment, they're going to say, "I've got that all done. Yep, I've got I've got my guy, right? I've got my person, and they take care of it all." And meanwhile, what they're talking about is a person at the bank uh, who set up a, a CD for them uh, and opened a bank account and, and, and a credit card, which is nothing, right? That that doesn't even count. Right, right. for financial services. It is so, so I think not if you start what talking you said. About, yeah. yeah, if you start talking about uh, the novelty, the, I would consider myself to be very knowledgeable from a financial services and, 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 and investment perspective. And I am learning more like every week. So nobody knows it all. There's always opportunities to sell. And again, you sell it as helping them achieve their goals. Michelle Joe, you going to add all. something to that? Michelle knows it all. I'm just going to throw it out there. She, she's judging you right now going, I so got you. I got this financial stuff down. So when you, when you look at this, so I, what are the things you brought up, which was unexpressed needs, right? That was one of the questions I wrote down. So how is it I'm getting to the point of understanding their unexpressed needs without it becoming a police interrogation? Just turn the light off on my phone or do, do I, is there yeah. a right way to do it? Well, first of all, um, you have to, you're not going to stumble. Well, you'll stumble in a few, but the majority of the unexpressed needs, you're going to have to actively seek out. Uh, That doesn't mean that you publicly undress them and you humiliate them or or you ask personal questions. It means you look for the types of things that that they're interested in. You look at a customer that walks in and they're fanning themselves and you and, you know, once you learn this, you realize, okay, well, she's hot. Um, let me go get her a glass of, you know, uh, water. It's, it's something, something that simple. Or um, I love this story, and I hate invoking my wife so much, but I learned so much from her. Uh, she was a F&I manager at, at, a, at a dealership. And the other F&I manager was um, uh, working uh, with a client, and the client had a kid that was just screaming and, you know, being a kid. Uh, and my wife, who was really, you know, uh, really hoped she could have had that deal, took the opportunity to go pick up that kid, play with the kid, and entertain the kid so her colleague can consummate that deal. Great. No problem. Do you know that the next day, another customer came in that was a referral from the first customer, and the customer said, when you go into F&I, ask for Tracy. She's amazing. She, she took care of my kid. And so she had no idea whether Tracy knew A from Z relative to the finance, which she did, but because of that. So that was an unexpressed need. That lady needed somebody to help her with this kid. Otherwise, she might have had to leave, you know, because it's just, it's just, just too much. So you, you just look for opportunities to get out there and meet those unexpressed needs uh, of individuals. Fantastic. So um, one of the things I just want to sum up so we can we can be respectful of everybody's time, including yours, Irvin. So 
when you look at this, right, I, I sat down and said, there are tasks you have to do in order to get the results. And what Irvin put out there was monetize the activities so that you're motivated to do them to get the results, right? When he said it's 40 bucks for everyone that's out there, right? Every call I make is gonna be 40 bucks based off of three vehicle sales. The answer to you is the same thing. In real estate, if you're looking at a, a $10,000 commission, when you sell a house, how many houses do you have to have on the market? How many clients do you have to get to get their house on the market? How many dials do you have to make to get you there? Same thing in the financial Absolutely. world, Luigi, same thing in your business. How many people do I have to do the work on and then come back? Now, the, to me, I was, I'm, again, I have people that are in my, in my conference room right now when I go back that I'm training for another company. And I told them, I said, there's three things we need to work on. Three things are the keys to your success. Product knowledge, right? Now, I've said this to them the last two days. And if you look, Irvin came on and said, here, here's a, it's all going to be the same things, right? So I said, you have to know your product knowledge. You have to know your inventory and you have to know your script. Okay. Get on the phone and leave a voicemail. If you don't have a script, then you're going to ramble past the 14 seconds. And I believe Tracy way more than Irvin, but... Irvin and Netta are the ones with no attention span. And they're like, if it's past four seconds, right, you, you lost me. Okay. And so that's the way it's going to go. But if you look at that, you need to get in there and you need to fall in love with the activities that get you the results. And again, if we're all in this for money and can we all be real? We are. Then the answer is break it down to where your activities are worth money in your mind so that you will actually do those activities. And so anybody else have a question before we let Irvin go back to running the world on the Hyundai side? No? I so, do have one closing statement. Absolutely. And that is, don't make excuses. Okay, you get out there and do the things you need to do without excuses. If you're gonna make excuses and go ahead and make an excuse for being a sorry salesperson because that's what you're going to be. If you don't get out there and make the calls and do the things that you're gonna do because it was late, because the kids, because the last 18, nobody bought, because, 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 well, just go ahead and throw in, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna fail at sales, okay? But you get your, your machine working, you monetize your activities and you stick with it no matter what. There's a normal ebb and flow. Some days you're going to come home with a big goose egg, right? With nothing. And some days you're going to come home with two home runs with the bases loaded, right? And it just happens. On average, it's going to be one or two runs a day, okay? And that's just the way it works. But you just stick with it, monetize it. Uh, don't give up. You'll be very, very successful. Selling is really not hard. It just takes effort. It takes commitment. It takes consistency. Thanks for uh, giving me your time. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Urban. Do appreciate thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. So uh, I, as, as always, guys, I'm going to tell you, thank you so much for sharing your time. I'm so grateful that Irvin came and gave me his time so that I could share it with you. He is a wonderful person. I put on Facebook and in our chat here, his LinkedIn link so that you can follow him there. I'm not giving away his cell phone or his email for you guys to do that, but it's up to you to reach out and make a connection. It's up to him on his desire if he wants to continue it, right? It's entirely up to you guys to own that 
part of the experience. But I do want to say, Urban, I do appreciate your time. And I know you're busy and I'm so kind to donate this in to share with everybody. And I'm grateful for it. Everybody on Facebook, YouTube, right? The podcast and here on, on Facebook with us. But I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you, everybody else. And I also want to say go out and sell something. Thanks, all. Thank you. Reference uh, war games. I guarantee you I'll accept your LinkedIn invitation. Boom. There you go. Thanks. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks. This is the Sales Genius Podcast. It's only a numbers game if you want educated. It's time to get educated.